0: Welcome to the King of Glory Lutheran Church Education Podcast. We are a Christian community of faith located in Williamsburg, Virginia. For more information, please visit us on the web at kogva.org.
1: Go to the, uh, I guess it's the back page. It should be, uh, uh, it'll be 16th day morning. On the two page handout, six day mornings. Together Let's pray We start with the scripture Isaiah 26 verse 9 Together My soul yearns for you in the night My spirit within me Earnestly seeks you For when your judgments are in the earth The inhabitants of the world Earn righteousness O God Together O God, give me today
0: a strong and vivid
1: sense that you are by my side, in a crowd or by myself, in business and leisure, in my sitting down and my rising, may I always be aware of your presence beside me. By your grace, O God, I will go nowhere today where you cannot come, nor see anyone's presence that would rob me of yours. By your grace, I will let no thought enter my heart that that might hinder my closeness with you, nor let any word come from my mouth that is not meant for your ear. So shall my courage be firm, and my heart be at peace. I steady your step when I recall that though I slip, thou dost not fall. O Lord, the desire of all nations, in the knowledge of your love and power, there is salvation for all the peoples of the earth. Quickly bring the day when everyone shall acknowledge you as Lord over all. Quickly bring the day when our earthly society shall become the kingdom of Christ. Quickly bring the day when your presence and the strong hand of your purpose. Shall be found not only in the hearts of a few wise and brave people, but throughout the nation, in the corridors of power, in the workshop, office, and marketplace, in the city and in the country. And whatever I myself can do toward the fulfillment of your purpose, give me grace to begin today through Jesus Christ. If that doesn't exhaust you. (laughs) All in one breath. All in one breath, right. It's just an amazing, amazing. Well, you cannot imagine my surprise when I heard that King of Glory was going to provide copies for every family in the congregation of a diary of private prayer. A diary of private prayer has been in my family's life probably for 50, 60 years. My father had a copy of it. He tried to get me started on it. It just wouldn't stick. (laughs) Uh, So so what happened is that this book showed up from my father-in-law's library, and I started it. in um, in probably the first notation was 2002, and there are several notations in it. Um, and then I picked it up again, and in 2017, on our sabbatical, I started working on it. Uh, that particular copy, and you'll see a copy of it, a picture of it in a minute, wound up on the top of my car on one. Rainy day, I had no idea where it went. The next day, driving on Green Springs Road, I saw this thing in the middle of the street, and it was a copy of mine. It was it was soaked wet. Uh, since then, it got mildewed, uh, uh, but but nevertheless, then I started using this book. And what I've done uh, is I have used this now probably before eighteen. Well let's see. 82315. Um so, so for instance, this is what I've done. On on that page, I've I've kept I've noted every day that I've prayed it, along with maybe just a little notation. Like on the 16, uh oh, five sixteen sixteen, return from Salem to Williamsburg via Nellie'sford with Dakota and Julieta's Giannis, Those are our goddaughters. Chris and Cynthia's 18th wedding anniversary, Caroline's confirmation yesterday. So that, was, so I've, I, you know, those, you know, I've done that. Uh, and then, uh, as you see, on the 16th day morning, I've got notations in the column. So when I heard that King of Glory was going to be, I just went. Cr- I didn't go crazy, but I got really excited. I really, really did. And I went, I, I, I went to Tara and I said, could, could I? I think this is for, uh, no, I've solicited Bible classes before. But I I went to her and said, could I I do a couple introductory sessions to this incredible book? Because the treasures of this book are, uh, it took me a a long time to finally realize what this would do for me if I prayed these prayers every day. Uh, And also, what I realized that as I came back to these prayers, after a month, they always said something different, yeah. <laughs> because as you read, these prayers have got stuff in them. Mm. I mean, it doesn't. It, it's just a. And so, and as you see on the top of the page, um, the um, on those of you who have the handout, I have named this prayer. What have I named it? Can you see that in the yes, last right. paragraph? I mean. Wow! I mean, does he hit almost every aspect of our life in society, nation, community, workplace, you know, that that Jesus should be should be there. Okay, so let's see. So 16th day morning, letting it work, and let's work on this. So I'm gonna open it up to you. What did you find of particular note in this um this prayer that it encompassed our whole life wherever you are workshop, your office yes And, and, and the first see it's really interesting if you compare the first paragraph with the last paragraph because the first paragraph, that theme Cynthia is spelled out in terms of me personally and then that theme is spelled out in the broader community in the last paragraph. And um, I found that the uh, that little snippet of poetry was written by Hugh Clough, C-L-O-U-G-A, and I don't know who he is. But, but he'll do that because, well, as we find out, as I introduce you to him, we are going to find that this man. Uh, was an extraordinary scholar, a Bible-believing, loving Jesus theologian, and someone who was recognized in his time both in Scotland, Britain, and the United States as a leading theologian and spokesperson uh, where he circulated uh, in the highest realms of academia in terms of theology, um, and yet these prayers are so down to earth and speak so very very personally, thank you Cynthia somebody else, Kevin
2: he's very locked in on the presence and praying the presence and preaching the presence and in the final paragraphs in the final sentences he brings through to this is God, your present do your thing excellent
1: so. Peter
2: i got a a strong sense
3: of lack of self-assertion, meaning I am going to live today. I am going to be out there interacting in the world, but let it be
1: your will that's done. It's the exact prayer that Christ said. Absolutely. That is going to be a theme that you find in most of the prayers. John. I found it kind of challenging in a way, at least for me, where it says... Among other things nor let any word
0: from my mouth that is not meant for you that's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a five bar
3: for
1: of yeah.
0: <laughs> or any thought
1: yeah, yeah. Or, or even our thoughts thought, yeah. and, and where do our words start our words start in our thoughts so it kind of goes to the root cause of it yeah. yes because yes, Elaine. Well, no,
0: I love how he takes the truth of the scripture for when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness, and then that set last paragraph it
1: picks that up, out. does it? Yes. Mm-hmm. And this is um, this is the only prayer where he begins with the scripture. Uh, there are prayers. Uh, one of the prayers is all this. It's nothing but quotes from the Psalms, mm-hmm. and other other uh, prayers especially the prayer about Jesus' teaching, um, the entire prayer is quotes from Jesus. And then there's, I think it's, uh, give me grace to follow what Jesus said, something like that. Other people? Yes, again, Peter? Yeah, um, I I was just thinking that the
3: quality of the prayers that we've read over the last couple of days could almost put this on par with the Psalms.
1: Very interesting. Um, in which way? Well, in the, in the Psalms,
3: someone, the writer of each Psalm was uh, bearing a soul for whatever the purpose was at that point, and it it, it was always uh, an acknowledgment of Lord, you are the the source of blessing. You're the the rock in time of, uh, of uncertainty. You're the the balm in, in time of, of, of hurt. Um, I never
1: made that connection, Peter, but, but that the, is just so right on. Yeah, it yes. just seems to me that you could put these in Psalms and, and they fit right in. Because the Psalms are prayers, right? Mm-hmm. right. And this this is, would almost be a contemporary version of a Psalm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in terms of the themes that you've mentioned. Great.
2: He moves from petition to petition.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, okay. Um. Okay, uh, I think I had some notes here. Um, let's see. And I'm. Um, I need to get. Uh, there's. I want to make sure that we also follow the handout. Um, yeah, one it uh, letting and working on it, it's one of the prayers that begins with scripture, which is the key for this prayer. Elaine, thank you for pointing that out. Determining the theme, I've already most of the prayers. Uh, have um, themes, and I've named many of the prayers because I come back to them and I look at it. I see the the theme that I've written on top, and it, oh, I rem- I can like uh, I see John back there, and like John, I identified with him. So the same way with the, a psalm, you can name it, uh, and it's there. Uh, the second sentence of the second paragraph reminds you of what? Well, that's that all may know the love of Jesus. You know, it's it's just really, it's really clear. Um, quickly bring the day when everyone shall acknowledge you as Lord <clears throat> over all. And when when we introduce uh, that all may know the love of Jesus, how how long have we been using that here? Three, four years. Three or four years. Yeah. That, so it just really bang. That's exactly what our little tagline and a gospel hymn. That might echo this prayer. I need thee every, every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like Lord. thine can peace afford. I need thee, oh, I need thee, every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. Flip the page. I need thee every hour. Stay thou nearby. Temptations lose their power when thou art near. I need thee every hour. I come to one of the old gospel hymns from my, from my childhood um, and that first paragraph you know, inviting God's presence and, and out of that is a deep acknowledgement that I need you God I, I need to be conscious of your presence wherever I go destination because it matters um, king of glory's use um, when I, when we got back from our trip and we visited uh, the day before Jan Crawford had her surgery, we went on the way back from D.C. where we flew into, uh, we dropped by Jan and uh, Brad's home uh, late Sunday evening. And, um, and uh, first she brought out their their copy of this new book, right here. And then Brad said, oh, show Pastor the wrapping. And when I saw this, I went berserk. (laughs) I mean, this is... What a gift. And look at the... Let's see. In culinary arts, what do they say?
0: Presentation. Yeah, presentation is
1: everything. I cannot think of a neater presentation of underscoring our theme, destination because it matters. And if there is one consistent theme in Diary of Private Prayer it's the fact that we are not here forever. I mean, the theme of eternity comes again and again and again. And um, and I can only imagine that um, as um, a person who lived actively in a worshiping community, he was away, aware of how death is part of our lives. Yesterday, we celebrated Mem's life and ministry. Uh, when we got back from the funeral, I had an email from my sister indicating that our brother-in-law Elmer had passed away yesterday morning. Uh, he had been ill. He was my Sister Carla's widower uh, lived in Colorado Springs. Um, my sister Sarah, her husband John, and I went to visit him a year ago because we thought he was on his way to Jesus. Then <laughs> he had one of these wonderful, uh, but the last month, and then and then so um, destination. It does matter, you know. Th- yes.
0: Well, we had a rather sobering thing in the mail yesterday from King of Gloria. I guess everybody got this. No, that's right. It's a form about um, what to do to prepare for your very own Funeral waitress or memorial service. And I thought, wow, what a lot of work somebody did to put all this together and and get us thinking about, you know, seriously.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to know yes, Dale? I got it, and I thought they knew something I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, <let me> ta- <laughs> Larry, Larry, Larry McReynolds has promised to play the organ for my funeral. He shows up yesterday, and I said, is today the day? <laughs> and he said, no, somebody bumped you today. <laughs> so, um, so let me t- when, we, when I saw that letter, let me tell you how a pastor thinks. I thought, Wow. Who said a lot of work? Yeah. That's the same thing that I thought. And I said, I said to Judy, I said, This is an indication that with Nick here, with Tara taking over, that Pastor Harmon has time to do pastoral kind of stuff. And that letter is from the Pastor's heart. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the guy that's got to preach the film. He's the one that sees us as we get older getting one step closer to that time. So he's very aware of that. And as when somebody died and those plans weren't readily available, or when I had to sit with the family and they never thought about that, that is really hard work. But when somebody has done what he's asked us to do, it's such a gift to the pastor. I mean, if you love your pastor, please, please give him the benefit of your wishes. And especially for your children or your grandchildren, who's ever planning your funeral, what a gift to them uh, because it's it's, <laughs> it's so embarrassing to them, you know, when these grieving you know, adult children come in oh, you know, but well, what was your what was your parents' favorite hymn? Uh, were there any favorite scriptures? You know, you could just dare in the headlight thing so it's, it's just a, a precious precious gift for them, yes? We have what we call the dead book
0: at our house, the kids know where it's at, and it's got all that information,
1: <laughs> right. and that's
0: what we just called. it—the dead book. Okay, hold on, uh, um,
1: <laughs> <in> <laughs> Okay.
0: When Cap was in the hospital, um, his last days, he had people come by,
1: and he told them. What he wanted them to say.
0: <laughs> he planned his whole service. That's
1: right. What a, and what a gift. What a gift. Oh wow. Yes, I do have to tell you a funny story, which I think is funny. Uh, there was a pastor at another church, and and this family came to him and said, "Would you do the funeral for you know our our brother?" And he said, "Well, yeah." He said, "So can we say that he was a faithful person?" They said, "Well, we don't know. We really we never." We're not sure about that. He said, "Well, then we can at least say that he went to church." And they said, "Well, we never saw him there." And they said, well, then can we at least say that he prayed? And they said, "Well, not really."
0: And he said, "Give me something." <laughs>
1: <laughs> the reason I got close to you is because we're being televised, and this oh, is the oh, way sorry. so so people could hear your story. <laughs> so, and also, those of you if you can use your outside voice. When, when you comment, that'll help people stay stay in track with us. Okay. This is almost getting out of hand. Uh, in a gospel hymn, we, we already did that. Um, that all may know the love of Jesus. Um, and there's and then we've already talked about the presen- <coughs> We've talked about the presentation of this. Uh, and then let me get to my next. Oh, there it is. Um, there's, that's the copy that I rescued off of Green Springs Road. Uh, with, uh, and it's uh, the mildew is there and the pages are all crinkly. Uh, and so I keep it. When I lose this, and I can go to that. And, and now I've got this beautiful, beautiful edition. Now... What is a diary of private prayer? Um, I forgot to bring my diary. Those of you who did the great eight prayers, if you remember that I handed out those, I've kept that diary up. And that's a diary of private prayer, uh, where every day I keep that with my, this is my stack of devotional books. Um, And... um, (coughs) those of you who don't have a copy but those of you who do have a copy if let's turn to um, page IX in the very beginning author's note this is, this is a note from um, and I'll read it for you, for those of you who have the book you can turn to the very front of the book uh, IX here are prayers for all the mornings and evenings of the month, and at the end of the book two prayers which when any day falls on a Sunday may be substituted for others or else added to them. Listen carefully. These prayers are to be regarded as aids. They are not intended to form the whole of the morning's or evening's devotions or to take the place of more individual prayers for oneself and others. On the blank left-hand pages, such further petitions and intercessions may be noted down. The prayers are suited to private use, not to the liturgical use of public worship. So uh, there's no reference to Easter or the Advent Christmas. Um, for me, that is um, that is filled by this book. It's a four-volume prayer book. It's called For All the Saints, a Prayer Book for and by the Church. And um, I think some of you have heard the story of my getting serious about my personal devotional life. And this was part of that. Um, and uh, first time through this volume, the Monday after Pentecost, 2003, June 9th. Valdez, Alaska, with friends. So so this book has been, and I've been using this on a daily basis since 2003. Four volumes, and you can see it's better. But... But it's, again, the emphasis is this, this is intended to be an aid. But if this is where you're starting, what a great place to start. Uh, uh, we have portals of prayer. I think some of you probably use that. Um, and there are a variety of other devotional it's days for prayer. morning. And Judy, did you bring your... Uh, what, what she usually reads this to me. It's a night. moment
0: of, um, of presence for women. But still, reason too. <laughs> it's not gender
1: specific. Can you tell us a little bit about?
0: Well, life. I found out about it from the Bible study that I went to in Ellensburg, and it's non-denominational. It's uh, got stories that this woman writes. Um, she takes things that happen in the in her day and relates them to
1: the spiritual walk, and it's very astonishing. <laughs> and she's got the gift. Of- Humor. Humor. I mean, some of the stories are just hilarious, talking about going to sleep with a smile on your face. Wow. Okay. Okay. Oh, what happened to this? Oh, there it is. Um, Okay, so um, what is a Diary of Private Prayer? This is his diary. And uh, the... There we go. just help me know it's on the screen. Um, the language, the language. Uh, the uh, the original, who has a copy of the original? Debbie has a copy of the original. I have a copy. Um, the language, the language. Uh, John Bailey is a gifted writer, and his use of English, would you agree, is just gorgeous, just gorgeous. And of course, whenever somebody starts tweaking with something, you are worried that the beauty of the language of the original is going to be messed up. Um, and I don't know, I don't think much has been lost. No, So. Um, and I so, appreciate the way he um,
0: includes women. In the original, um, it, will, it will say, for all mankind, <laughs> for all men. Now, you probably don't notice this, but... Um, I certainly you. do. I've okay. got three daughters. So yeah. Going the new one, it's nice to say all people, or yeah. men and women. That's yeah, right. It's much more inclusive. Yeah.
1: And also there are words that are no longer used. The word fain, F-A-I-N. Does anybody know what that word means? It means eagerly, uh, enthusiastically. Uh, and that is a word that's used at the beginning of one of the prayers, which says... Um, we're talking about things that we need to do uh, to listen to his word. And the word feign is there. Later. I would eagerly listen to you, the eagerly that I helped. So the word feign. Uh. And then um, all the these and those are gone. Uh, and uh, let's see. And then the beauty of John Bailey's. Um, prose is maintained um, and, and for the most part it's been uh, and then uh, Susanna, Susanna writes preface she's the, the lady uh, that established a relationship with Ian who is John Bailey's son only son and John Ian owns the rights to this and it was through her friendship with him, that she was given permission to go ahead and and work on this. So, uh, And I'll just read the the, uh, the the first and last paragraph. For almost a century, and this is page D-I-I, Roman numeral seven, in the very front, for those of you who have your book. For almost a century, John Bailey's extraordinary classic, The Diary of Private Prayer, has aided and inspired many readers into a deeper prayer walk with God. Over a million copies in print. So it, it says something about it. Um, when I first discovered it, I was enthralled and challenged by the prayers, and it has since become a crucial resource for my prayer life. Bottom paragraph, I am especially grateful to Bailey's son Ian, to whom a diary of private prayer is dedicated for his support and for choosing me to undertake the updating of this classic book before his death, the son's death in 2008. I'm also very grateful to Bailey family for their support in this venture, and for putting me in touch with the Reverend Dr. Robin Boyd, himself an experienced religious writer who worked with me on a project. Uh, Dr. Boyd was a student of John Bailey at New College, Edinburgh, and years later became a friend of Ian Bailey, without his contribution, etc. It's a little history behind how all that uh, came about. Um, where might this fit in your devotional life? Note Bailey's caution about the use of this book in the author's note, and we've already talked about it. This is to be an aid um, to your regular devotional life, not necessarily the entire thing. Okay, let's talk about this guy, John Bailey. Um, and in this new edition, uh, all of his credentials are not listed, but in the original tradition, um they are all mentioned, and he uh, has quite a list of of um, D.D. Doctor of Divinity, D-LIT stands for Doctor of Laws and Letters. That might be an honorary degree. Often a D-LIT is an honorary degree. Sometimes it's an earned degree. An S.T.D.
0: <laughs> that is my
1: degree. Don't laugh. That is my degree from Emory University. I I worked nine years on it and graduated with a uh, doctorate in sacred theology. Uh, Five years after I got the degree, Emory University um, gave all the people who had STD degrees, they changed it to a PhD, a Doctor of Theology. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of it is, mm-hmm. like Judy said, uh, Judy said, you know, Philip, some jokers can pick up an STD in one night. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it, it took you to years, as much <laughs> <Right. laughs>
0: uh,
1: and, uh, and again, LLD, Laws and Letters, um, so very similar to it, but but he, uh, in that initial, you know, was not ashamed to, to list it, and then um, chaplain to the Queen in Scotland. So this, um, he was recognized, as I said, as as a leading theologian and, and mover and shaper. Um, so um, his his uh, childhood. Um, Oh, I think we, yeah, we, uh, his, his, and on this, I have a couple notes in your handout. Um, He was born in a manse, um, and his father was part of the Church of Scotland, um, and that, in the 16th century, uh, became Presbyterian, so heavily influenced by Calvinist theology. Um, He's one of two brothers. Uh, The brother uh, was also a noted theologian, wrote books, but in contrast to John, who evidently was quite a flamboyant flamboyant character and was able to enthrall. uh, His brother was soft-spoken, sickly, um, but they remained a a good relationship between the two of them, and his brother um, uh, taught Stayed at one place taught their theology published books, in contrast to John, who uh, had teaching positions uh, in Toronto and then in New York City and then back <coughs> in England and in Scotland. So, so John moved over. He is mentioned um, in the book A Time for Trumpets: Scottish Church Movers and Shakers published in 2005. I was looking for something that I could find some biographical material on him. Wikipedia had very little on him, but in this book um, uh, there was about five pages where he is listed among other theologians in the Church of Scotland of the 20th century. Um, The author of that book, the compiler of that book, uh, was answering the question, is the Church of Scotland dead? And this person was saying no, because these movers and shakers in the twentieth century, have often, and he saw them often as, as being uh, prophetic in their in their call for the church to return to Calvinistic principles. Uh, and then, uh, then they became Calvinist, and uh, in Calvinist theology, two. So let's, uh, anybody familiar with the TULIP acronym that summarizes, uh, Kevin, why?
2: I read all this stuff. <laughs> I can't. I can't stop. It's a, it's a crisis. <laughs> all whose stuff? Uh, every, anything and everything having okay. to do with Christianity.
1: Okay. And Calvin. Calvin. Um, the great difference between Calvinism and Lutheranism is that if you want a theology where all the I's are dotted and all the T's are crossed and all the questions are answered, you want to be a Calvinist. In his Institutes, which is a massive um, project of, of systematic theology, he covers things that are just unbelievably um, intricate in his reasoning and biblically based, you just can't escape it. If you follow Calvin's reasoning and how he uses scripture, it's there. And I had several people in Atlanta, Georgia, who got caught up in, in the more uh, conservative Presbyterian denomination who, once they started reading Calvin, they were gone. Uh, they, they just could not resist the power of his argument. Lutheranism, on the other hand, is a theology that lives with uh, paradox and contradictions. Um, and mystery. And mystery, yeah. Much, much more so uh, than, uh, than Calvinism. For instance, we are at the same time sinners and justified. And you'll see in one of the acronyms you know, that in Calvinism, that doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Um, so, um, so does it say that you're one or the other? Not necessarily. If it's, can, if not can, not can, necessarily. Only, only if you get caught up in, in uh, denominational titles. Yeah. There are wonderful things uh, in Calvinist theology. And, and one of them you're going to see is just so incredibly similar. It's, um, the thing about the tulip. Well, let's let's go ahead and walk through it. Um, so, maybe me. Total depravity. So, what? That's us. Yeah. So, so this morning, it's it's one of these incredible things that happened to me in in my devotions where you just want to go. So today is Trinity Sunday, right? And and so in my book is Trinity Sunday. Um, uh, Ecclesiasticus, John 1. The reading, the fourth reading is from the Augsburg Confession. Article 2. Are you ready for this? Original sin. It is also taught among us that since the fall of Adam, all men who are born according to the course of nature are conceived and born in sin. That is... All men are full of evil lust and inclinations from their mother's womb, and are unable by nature to have true fear of God and true faith in God. Moreover, this inborn sickness and hereditary sin is truly sin and condemns us to the eternal wrath of God, all those who are not born again through baptism and the Holy Spirit. I mean, you can't get much more totally depraved than that, can you? I mean so so, so here's something that, that there's um, uh, unconditional election. Predestination? Yes. See? But if you listen to Pastor's sermon this morning, who preached unconditional election? I think our pastor preached it this morning, didn't he? I mean, the fact that we uh, use the Hulu thing, I, I just wanted to take my socks off and walk across hot coals. That was so funny. It was just, it was, it was, it was just hilarious. It was hilarious. So Hulu, but how, how applicable to, to how we start thinking about God's choosing us. And in baptism, we say absolutely. Unconditionally God, God accepts us as we are in spite of what he might think, in spite of what he knows about how we're going to turn out. He still chooses us. Um, limited atonement uh, Christ died for all, but if you look at Calvin, <laughs> this is where it's so creepy. Um, but if you look at Calvin's um, writings behind this, you look at Scripture, after Scripture, after Scripture, after Scripture, after Scripture, and Calvin's got in terms of scriptural proof for this, it's it's right there, uh, that. Uh, that that we would say Christ died for all, Uh, there's another translation that Christ died for many. Is there a difference between all and many? Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So um, irresistible grace. What do we believe and teach? We believe that we are, uh, that that we can say no to God. the, um, and, and that's very closely to perseverance of the saints also known as once saved always saved uh, Baptists are also known for that But that, 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 the, the Baptist the origins of that Baptist thing is really Presbyterianism because of the, the predestination that once if you are predestined that's it you know you cannot fall away and of course we um, <coughs> we do not believe that um, we yes Kevin they actually go so far that if you fall away,
2: then it was, it, you were defective from your baptism.
1: See, and that's the horrible thing that, that, that people who, have, who believe that they. It's then, your fault, yeah. Yeah, then, then, <laughs> then they begin questioning all that. Was I ever loved by God? You know, was I. It, it can be a. And that's why predestination, and that's why Luther, knowing this stuff, that is why Luther emphasized that the whole doctrine of predestination is a doctrine of comfort that that, that, um, God wills that all men be saved. That's his will. So, um, hopefully, if you're interested in that, you'll you'll dig stuff out, and uh, I've got this little tiny (laughs) finger pyramid falling all over the place. Okay. (laughs) Um, Let's see, where are we? Okay. um, Wrapping this first week up, let's take, uh, we're on the back side now. Um, Let's stop just a minute, because what we're going to do, we're going to look at Tonight's prayer, and we're gonna let we're gonna let work on us and we're gonna work on us. But before that, any questions so far that may have that you're if you'd like to ask about about prayer, about this book, about John Bailey. Yes, John? I'm a little confused on unconditional election. Who's doing the electing? Josh, John in both cases. Yep. Presby
0: and Bruce. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, and it's very interesting that uh, the our second reading this morning was from Romans chapter six about baptism, we buried with Christ by baptism to death. Should we keep on sinning in order that God might forgive us more? Absolutely not. If uh, we have died with Him, we may also live with Him. Powerful, powerful text. Yes, John.
2: I, I had a philosophy religion guy who said unconditional election was really the idea that God knows whether you are going to heaven or hell. That doesn't mean he causes you to go to hell. Interesting. Yeah. Which I think is an important point.
1: It is. If you can accept that. See, your mind can... can yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, and that's why um, when pressed, Luther would consign that kind of question to deus absconditus, the part... Of God's part of who God is that we dare not try to enter and understand because that's God's realm and it's not for us to know that. Uh, Luther famously said when somebody asked him um, what was God doing before he created the world and um, Luther said he was out in the woods looking for switches to beat people like you. <laughs> <laughs> Other questions? No. <laughs> Oh great! Uh,
2: <laughs> and, and, and which of these earned Luther a place as a statue at the Vatican?
1: <laughs> I don't know.
2: Okay. I thought you might have some insight there. No,
1: I no I don't. No, I no I don't.
2: Yeah, they actually they actually have a, a statue now, Francis dedicated.
1: Yeah, mm. no, that's been really and, and that that whole movement began, well. uh, began about 30 years ago, in which. Uh, and there were conversations, high-level conversations between Lutherans. Missouri Synod was not involved. But uh, high-level conversations between uh, Vatican and Lutherans in terms of some of the, the basic on um, um, redemption uh, in particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK. Um, so let's go to uh, on your the sheet that I gave you. There should be sixth day, 16th day evening. Yes, it's on the back side yeah. of the uh, morning. So let's let's take a look at that prayer. Uh, this is a very different prayer than the morning prayer. So in your, if if you have your book, uh, it's just simply the next page, sixteenth day evening. And let's do as we did before. Let's let's read this prayer. Together and, and with um, with a, a slight pause after each of the remember, okay, so we can kind of remember. Together? O oh Lord, your the eternal love for all people was most perfectly shown in the blessed life and death of our Lord Jesus. Enable me now to meditate so deeply on my Lord's passion that as I have fellowship with him in his sorrow. I may learn the secret of his strength and peace. Together? I I remember remember Gethsemane. I remember it. I remember how How Judas betrayed him. (laughs) I remember how Peter denied him. I remember how how all of them deserted him and fled. I remember the scourging. I remember the crown of thorns. I remember how they sat on him. I remember how they struck him on the head with a staff. I remember his pierced hands and feet. I remember his agony on the cross. I remember his thirst. I remember how he cried, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Together? We may not know, we cannot tell, what pains he had to bear, but we believe it was for us he hung and suffered there. Together, grant, O most gracious God, that as I kneel before you, I may be embraced in the great company of those whom you have saved and brought to life through the cross of Christ. Let the redeeming power that has flowed from his sufferings through so many generations now flow into my soul. Let me believe in forgiveness of sin. Let me learn to share with Christ the burden of the suffering world. Amen. So, if you had to name this prayer, Forgive it a theme. What how would you name this prayer? I remember. I remember. Good? Yeah. Do this in remembrance of me. That's part of our communion liturgy. Do this in remembrance. And here, it's, it's, you know, we remember his, his cross and passion. But here, whoa! You know, when's the last time you thought about nails going through Jesus' hands and his feet? You might actually thought about that. I mean, this is this is so I remember. What other theme might come? He did it for me. He mm-hmm. did it for me. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So powerfully. Uh, and yet that last sentence is a real mm-hmm. that really grabs you by the scruff of the neck and says, what? Sure. Hmm? We find forgiveness, and let us help others find. Yes, the same thing. Yeah. here, let me learn to share with Christ the burden of the suffering world. <clears throat> I mean, suddenly, oh, it's just not me, but Christ suffered not just for me, but and then as a Christian, I'm called to to join him in carrying the burden. Uh, Galatians, chapter six, verses one to two bear one another's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ, that powerful, powerful and those of you who remember that the, the today's English version, that beautiful line drawing of the string of people uh, in a line each each in turn is helping the person in front of them carry the burden. Re- remember that line drawing? Or maybe. That's
0: in good news. Good 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 news. news Bible.
1: Good. What did I say?
0: No, I'm just telling
1: you. Yeah, it's in the Good News Bible. Yeah, I I maybe I thought maybe I misspoke. Okay, okay, so really, is this a good evening prayer? remember the day.
0: You know, it, 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 it,
1: I mean, are these the kind of thoughts we want to stir up in our mind before we go to sleep? I mean, yes. whoa, yeah, it's like, geez, yikes. Uh, I,
2: I, I actually do think, I want to get, I think the, the last line there is much more appropriate to a morning prayer. Because calls to action
1: an evening prayer are good, and and I would encourage you in your copy, you know, to make that notation. Would this be better for me to pray in the morning? So I yeah,
0: I go to bed feeling loved.
1: That he did it. Yes. Yeah. Gene, what was your theme? He did it for me. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Really, really good. So I'm guilty. <laughs> OK, yeah, this week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> half over, half over. <laughs> yeah. OK, suggestions. Pray the prayers for each day. If you forget, catch up. So I, I really want um, you to do that, Just to, to start. Uh, Peter, it sounds like you're starting this already. You, well, we, we got our book a couple weeks ago. Anybody else have been using these prayers? Mm-hmm. Just so, Oh my goodness, this is so good. Wonderful. OK, so then, um, for those of you who have been using it, um, this, um, if you can drop down next Sunday, you will spend the first half of the class exploring your discoveries, insights, and questions. So for those of you who have been doing this for a couple of weeks, this is where I would invite you. You know, if you mark one of these prayers as especially meaningful, to come and be willing to share that with the rest of us, so we can make a notation. Because what you see might not be what we see or hear in this particular prayer. I think it, it can be a marvelous way that we can encourage each other to begin that that important task of of exploring um, the depths of the. Um, the insights that these prayers offer. Uh, Look for themes. um, Name the prayers. For example, I've named the six-day morning that all may know the love of Jesus. Other names, the cardiac prayer. There are are two of those in which he really talks about the heart. Uh, In fact, my favorite is um, I have... um, The genetic condition is called ARVD, (coughs) right ventricular dysplasia, which means that my right ventricle is, as my cardiologist said, Philip, your your right ventricle is a mess. It's big. It's what you call a large heart. And it says um, there's like four, give me this kind of heart, this kind of heart, this kind of heart. And the last one, give me a heart with great room in it. <laughs> That's me. That's me. <laughs> uh, a Lenten prayer, uh, in which, uh, in, and then a Good, uh, a good Friday, a Holy Week prayer. You know, the one that we just read might be the, a Holy Week prayer in terms of remembering it. Um, a Trinity prayer. There is a wonderful prayer, and I, unfortunately, I should have identified it. We'll find it. In which Father, Son, and Holy Spirit—three large paragraphs, one for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Spirit—just, just, just wonderful. Uh, a faith, hope, and love prayer in which um, in the prayer deals with faith, love, and hope, and then the final paragraph is where it weaves those three together in kind of a non-ending, perpetual motion circle that I still yet to understand. Um, and then the Acts prayer which stands for adoration, confession, confession, confession thanksgiving, and supplication. and supplication and there's a prayer that has each of those just if you see it, it's just bang, 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 bang it's there, so, so do that. Uh, so, um, so next Sunday we will spend the first half of the class exploring your discoveries, insights, and questions. The second half of the class we will dig deeply, and, and I've got several prayers that I'm that I'm prepared to take us through on a on a hopefully on a, on a deeper level in the second half, um, and um, and I and prayers that I think need to be memorized. I've I've wanted to do that. I mean, the Muslims do what? The real they memorize the what? Oh, they memorize the Quran. If these. People,
0: <laughs> if
1: these people can memorize the, the lousy Koran, which is just from from a literature standpoint, is just a bunch of never mind. But but really, if you compare our Bible with the Koran, from a literature standpoint, there's just absolutely no comparison. I mean, it's just you know, if, and how they memorize this mishmash of disconnected thoughts and ideas, it's, it, I have no idea. If they can do that, you know, and of course, if uh, I think who's the—it's Pastor Beck, isn't it? Isn't he the one that's always honest for memorizing stuff? Oh, I think yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, in fact, he reminds me of my father. <laughs> well, yeah,
0: you know, you grew up,
1: and that's one of the things. Yeah. I, <laughs> I went to um, Lutheran school, and that's all we did. We memorized the hymns and, and that's right. yeah. all the services. Yeah. So, yeah. And we will close with encouragements for personal devotional time exploring the Q-Bus. Okay. I, uh, any other questions? You know, you know, there's a Bible study. We haven't looked at our Bibles yet, have we? Mm-hmm. So let's look at Luke chapter ten. I think we got a minute. I hope it's Luke chapter ten.
0: <laughs> yeah, we can look at it. Yeah, it's chapter eleven. I was close. Oh, huh? boy.
1: Close to no cigar. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, Who can read the first four verses? And then who's willing to read five through eight? And who is willing to read nine through 13? So first reader is who? Let's just start. Go. Yes, Elaine? Now Jesus
0: was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say... Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation.
1: Next.
3: Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me." and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. (laughs) I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread, because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. And
1: wrap it up, someone? And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father
3: among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a
1: serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? And on Father's Day, our Heavenly Father is willing to give us, according to Luke, what? Spirit. The Holy Spirit. In Matthew's Gospel, Luke, uh, mm-hmm. it's just an end he will give you, but Luke's emphasis on the Holy Spirit points it out there, don't we? and that's what we hope that the Holy Spirit will be doing in your devotional life whatever you're using, that the Holy Spirit will work in those materials to enrich your relationship and prepare you for whatever challenges you have. Thank you very much, and uh, God willing, we'll see you next week.
3: Thank you for listening to the King of Glory Church Education Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God and His people, grow in faith and love, and live through service and sharing. Visit us on the web at kogva.org.